Women in White Coats is here to uplift women doctors just like you. Empowering you in your personal and professional life. I'm Dr. Amber Robbins. And I'm Dr. Archana Shrestha. We are doctors, best-selling authors, and the co-founders of Women in White Coats. Now, are you ready for a culture shift where women empower women? Join us to get a glimpse of what life is like as a woman doc. And guess what? You'll discover that you're not alone. We're here to give you positivity and keys to balancing your life. This is the Women in White Coats podcast. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Amber, one of the co-founders for Women in White Coats. And I am so excited because today I get to interview a powerhouse, uh, a doctor, a fellow sister doc who is doing some amazing things. And I told her, and we've talked to each other for a while. We've been wanting to do this interview for a while. So I'm so glad that we're able to do it today. Today, we have Dr. Anna Utwama. She is the creative director and founder of Tribal Eyes, as well as a family doctor and a hospitalist. So welcome. Glad to have you. Thank you. I'm I'm so delighted that we finally get to do this. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. It's been a long time coming. I was telling her in between uh, the last time I talked to her and now there was a whole pregnancy, a whole baby, all this kind of stuff (laughs) happened. I was like, wait, it's been a while, but so glad that we're we're chatting today. Well, tell our audience a a little bit about you. I know I I said just a couple things, but tell us, tell us about you and what you do. Oh, that's, you know, such a cliched question, but hey, you know, know, my name, uh, my name is Anna. I am like, uh, like Amber just said, I am a physician hospitalist. I also have a background in research, but, you know, I currently practice clinically. Um, I work seven days on and off. And when I'm off, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. I am moving to part-time physician, full-time entrepreneur since founding Tribalize in 2020. I am a mother of three boys, a wife, a sister, friend, physician, you name it, you know, all of the above. I, 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 I would say that um, I am a bit restless in terms of entrepreneurial ideas and I'm so delighted that I have found something that I'm passionate about and something that I think really meets the needs of people. I love to network. I network for everything. I mean, I would network for what set of books to buy for my children or what sports to play, you know. Um, I network for business opportunities, career growth, mentoring really and giving back. You know, for me, mentoring is is very important to me. I think that's my story. In summary, did I miss anything? <laughs> I, I think you did a great job. I mean, even if there is something that you missed, all the stuff that you just listed, that's a lot of stuff. So it is. <laughs> no, that's fabulous. So tell me, so you, you mentioned that you started Tribal Eyes in 2020. What made you want to start that? Because 2020, if I remember correctly, is the same year as, as a pandemic. So what kind of got into you for you to say, okay, this is a time that I want to launch this thing. And then why Tribal Eyes? Oh, that's a two-part question. Great question, by the way. I'm going to divide it into why 2020 and why Tribal Eyes? So 2020, I had, I was switching jobs. I had left, moved um, from Florida 
my husband was finishing his PhD and the plan was always to move back to Atlanta where we had lived before then. So anyway, with the job move, there was a time lag about seven months you know for a restless person when I say restless you know I like to keep busy I like to be doing stuff even though the children are there career wise I like to have something that I can project my energy towards so anyway this was seven months of being at home and you know how the pandemic was right Mm-hmm. I worked. Rough. I walked through the pandemic until you know um, when the job ended and I was starting the next one. So for me, it was a good time to be out of the hospital and just the anxiety of dying and death with the early early months and years of the pandemic when we didn't have a vaccine. But it was also a time of introspection, right, where I could really think and foster and let my mind breathe, you know, as to as to what it was that either I was using that I felt wasn't meeting my needs or what other people that I knew were using and, you know, wasn't really meeting their needs. But I literally woke up one, one day and, and, and the idea came. I would say, though, that, you know, this entrepreneurial bug is, in, is hereditary. My father has been an entrepreneur for as long as I remember. So, and I've, I've been involved in the business, you know, on the sidelines. Um, I've attended some meetings on behalf and I've been involved in, in some other things. So I would say that I was entrepreneurial and I kind of made the decision in 2016 when I finished residency and started um, my job as a hospitalist. I just felt that there was still something, you know, you're, you're a physician, you're, you're an attending, you've gone through residency. Okay, this is the life. But then there was still something I felt that, I needed to pursue my own goals and just something that was personal and passionate to me, you know, that was just beyond making money or, you know, generating the revenue. So, mm-hmm. you know, I would say that I've been thinking of things since 2016. I've been thinking of all sorts of ideas. My poor husband, I always throw ideas <laughs> at him and he's, and he's like, I'm sorry, what is that? No. Yes. Oh my no, goodness. Maybe. Okay. You know, <laughs> so I was both mm-hmm. researchers. So you can imagine when I have an idea, I go go into a hole digging and researching and digging and 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 so for me you know in 2020 the 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 key factor really was you know when the idea came I didn't want to fester you know as type a people I think physicians are mostly type a people are detail oriented want to do everything you know perfectly the pandemic Mm -hmm. was happening I was just thinking I said you know I had this idea. I had done my research. It seemed safe somewhat. And I am a risk averse. I'm not really a risk taker, but I felt that there was the pandemic going on and I could have died. Like people died. Like if I didn't die, then, you know, what's the worst thing that can happen? The business fails, it fails. If it doesn't, then let's keep going, you know? And that really was the push for me. And I said, you know what, I'm going to do this. And of course, happy having, you know, supportive spouse and just supportive friends and and family around was was very helpful. So that was really it. You know, I was in between yeah. jobs. It was a crazy time to actually start a business. But, you know, when you think of your mind really resting, it's so important, you know, as physicians or just in general, you know, to let your mind rest and really do nothing. And, and I think it was that time that I had that helped me birth that idea and, you know, just was the push for me. Why yeah. tribalize? I why tribalize? Know. Yes. Why? I, I, when you say why tribalize, do you mean why tribalize eyewear or why the name tribalize? Well, I would say, well, I, 
honestly, we can get into both of them. But oh, you were I saying, say that. <laughs> you, mm-hmm. But you said that, okay, since 2016, you were coming up with different ideas, you know, running things uh, with your husband, just kind of running things by him, which I do the same thing too. So God bless our husbands, right? Yeah. Um, and, and then in 2020, it was like, okay, this is the thing. Why was that so different than your other ideas? And yes, you're right. We're going to get into it. Why the name Tribalize? I keep on asking two-part questions. You're doing a great job. I, yeah, I see that. I can see how we're going to be answering two-part questions. All <laughs> so, so I will say that, um, the, well, let me talk about why I wear and then why the name. So why I wear, um, I wear glasses. I wear glasses. Um, I wear glasses. I love to wear glasses. It's not just that I mm. wear glasses. Like, you know, I wear glasses so I can see better. My power is not so strong, you know, but I like just the feel and the look that the glasses give to me. I think that they complete your look. I mean, your eyes are like the first thing that people recognize or you use in seeing people. So I think it's the first major form of communication. And during the pandemic, it was the only thing you could see. I remember having yes. patients and just I remember having patients and just, you know, trying to figure out their emotions through their eyes. I could see the sadness and the joy. And I said, you know what, you know, this was it, you know, just how to, to, to tell a story with the eyes. And, and this was, I think, the beginning of, you know, the idea. And then the research, you know, I, um, the eyewear industry was began to do research. My husband is a PhD epidemiologist and I have MPH in, in research. I used to work at the CDC actually. So in the past. Mm-hmm. So for me, you know, market research is important. It's just, you know, as important as, as, as doing research before you write a paper or a case report. So for me, I really went deep dive into the eyewear industry and did my own research. And I noticed that, you know, there was a gap, you know, there was a gap in the eyewear industry. And I just, you know, tried to look for how this gap fitted into my story. Because it's really about Mm. your story, not just about the brand. It's about your story. Like, how do you tie your story and this gap into a product? So that was it. That was it. So now as for the name, I mean, it was just bouncing ideas. I wanted something somewhat ethnic, you know, and that was part of the story. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, and my brother, my husband, my brother who lives in London and I were kind of, you know, we wanted something ethnic. So we're saying cultural and ethnic. And I don't know how, you know, we ended up at tribalized, but that was really it. And, you know, it kind of rolled, the L rolled into the E, like tribalized. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It rolls off the tongue too. And I mean, it really is a great description of what your eyewear looks like because there are different patterns, there are different type of uh, traditional African fabrics that you turn into eyewear, right? Yes, 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 yes. Yes. And, and, and did you think, okay, if we can go back to 2020, uh, when you first launched this, did you think that it would take off like it did? Okay. Because you were in different magazines and different, you know, um, on different runways. Did you think that it would blow up how, how it did? Of course not. Like who thinks mm-hmm. of, you know, it's interesting. You want to go, you do your research, but your research is mainly focused on like money and, you know, the market mm-hmm. and there isn't really, when you do your research, I don't, I, it doesn't really talk about those other things, like how, 
I don't know how to explain, but it do, there, there wasn't really a lot of talk on that. For me, it was just like pure business, right? Like, mm-hmm. what is the business plan? What are our projections? Where can we be so and so? Who's our, you know, who's our ideal customer? Who's our competition and stuff like that? So, so I would say I did not at all. I didn't even know that that space existed for something I was going into. For me, it was just eyewear, like fashion, fit, function, style and identity mm-hmm. but you know but you know people started reaching out like people saw what we brought into the market and they reached out and were like oh really me like small me okay you know I mean our first fashion show we're probably three or three months old and I was like uh, hold up like let me try and figure out where I'm at <laughs> right now you know right I mean, it's a whole different game from medicine it's completely left field so so for me I kind of you know had to do my own research on this and and I and and I, I went I went in into that space also thinking that it will help our, our marketing and telling our story and it did help. So so for me, I did not. No, I did not. You you had my story. I was like, you know, if it fails, it fails. If it doesn't, you know, then we keep moving. Sister Doc, want to discover the root cause of burnout for you? The root cause of burnout is not the same for every physician. In fact, we've identified three different root causes of burnout. So it's important that you base your burnout cure on your unique situation. Head on over to womeninwhitecoats.com forward slash quiz to take a brief burnout diagnostic quiz and discover what is at the heart of burnout for you and how to fix it. We know you're busy, Sister Doc, so this quiz takes under two minutes to complete. Head on over to womeninwhitecoats.com forward slash quiz to complete it today. And when did you realize it was like a a legit, okay, this is a legit business. This is actually a thing. Because you were saying three months you were in the fashion show. Was it at that time? Did it happen later? Did it happen earlier? I would say that when people started ordering like second products, Mm-hmm. You know, I would, I mean, when you think of the industry, yes, it's big that people want to interview you or want you to be in their fashion shows. That was big, obviously, you know, it was big, but I think that it's at the end of the day, it's really our customers. It's really their response to, they buy something like, oh my God, and how they really loved it and how they've promoted it and how they're proud to wear it with their other amazing, well-known brands. So I think Mm -hmm. for me, that was when I was like, oh my God, people are really ordering a second and a third and a fourth. I mean, I've had people order 11, 10. I'm like, oh my God, like, can you wear like 10 pieces of something? Like, where do you keep it? You know, this is me. (laughs) I I know. So, so, so for me, you know, it's them. It's, it's all, it will always be them. That was, I think the first, but secondly, and I think more globally was, was getting the email from the PR company, our PR company, we worked with at London Fashion Week when they told us, oh, anthropology wants to stock your glasses. I'm like, stop. (laughs) <laughs> now I'm going to have a mini heart attack. Like, you know, you just don't think about, you don't think about the, like you, you, I would say you think about it, but then you don't think about it. Yeah. You're like, Oh, I hope one day I'll be here. And then you're there and you're like, wow, really it's happening. Like I thought I would be in the market, maybe five years, three, 10, like, Oh my God, you know? So, so that was, that I think was, was pretty special. I, our customers ordering, return um 
coming as return customers and ordering second and third um, eyepieces. And, and I think our anthropology um, stockist, I, I think that was really the big thing for us. And then of course, all the other things that came thereafter. Yeah, and it kind of makes sense when you say that too, because if you think about how we are even as physicians, we know that, okay, we, we, we're, we may be doing something right if the patient keeps coming back and enjoying the experience of coming back. I yes. know it's different in the hospital though. People don't want to come back. <laughs> well, um, you know, it depends. <laughs> I would say that, you know, I, I, I say it depends because people who also come back, when I look at it, because I'm family medicine, I'm kind of more holistic. I look at it very differently. When people come back, you know, there are two things. They're looking for attention or there's something going on in the environment that is unsafe. And until mm. you, do you see what I mean? So I yes. think that also, I'm seeing them, for some people, I think also coming to the hospital is therapeutic. I mean, in a certain way, of course, they're going to get treatment. But, you know, each time they come and they see you, like, I know how I feel when I see a patient who I've seen before. It's just mm. different. It's like your sister, your brother, your father, your mother. And there's that joy, like, oh, it's so good to see you again. What happened? Oh, I'm sorry this happened. Or maybe they're coming because they have no insurance, but they need the yeah. service. So it's not necessarily that they're acutely ill, but it's that they lack something. So again, it's the same thing as our customers who come back. You know, mm. we want, we really want them to feel comfortable in these different styles. Your mood changes. And I mean, for example, you decide, oh, in January, I want to wear yellow, yellow colors, or I want to wear long skirts. Oh, I think I should wear pencil skirts, or maybe I should wear like possible blouses. So I should wear, you know, the same, or your hairstyle. Oh, now I want an Afro. I want to braid my hair. I want to do mm -hmm. banku knots or I want to do, I want to chop it up. Like I want to be bald. So again, I think with your mood and your colors and your style, also your sunglasses or eyewear in general will change. And, and, and that's really what we hope to, to do, to meet our customers there exactly where that's at, you know, Oh, I'm going on a trip. The color code is white or it's pink or it's, you know, whatever. You know, mm -hmm. a guy strip or going camping. I want something rugged, you know. So again, the goal is to meet our customers based on their needs, whether it's as their style changes as they age or, or as their style changes as they adopt a new personality, whatever it may be, a new job, a new trip, just anything. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. And so we talked a, a bit about the business side. How do you balance that with the being a physician, being a mom side? Because that can be a lot. I know you were saying you're going to go part-time. So that's something that's coming up in the future. So tell us about that. How do you balance? There's no or balance. is there balance? Oh, there's no balance. I think, I think this balance is, this balance is an evasive concept where people talk about balance, like what really balances right? I don't. I don't think there's a balance really. I would say that you know I've been I've been a hospitalist since 2016, mm -hmm. and even during residency, I think my family's were small, were close knit small family, three boys, my husband and myself. We used to have more domestic help in house. We don't have that anymore because the children are older. So, so I would say that everybody just chips in. And when I'm physician, I'm physician. I cannot be 
more than that when I'm, that's why the seven on seven of helps because when I'm working in the hospital, like I'm there, like I cannot, unless it's an emergency, I mean, emergencies happen, but I'm mom when I'm mom and when I'm wife, I'm wife. And when I'm, I'm physician, I'm physician. And I think that the family has learned to adapt to that over the years. And for the younger ones, I kind of let them know too. And I'm teaching them that, you know, mom cannot be everywhere at the same time and be the best mom ever. Like, you know, it's not possible. And then when I'm girl with my friends, I'm girl. Like I don't, I schedule in my girl trips because I need to breathe and I need to, you know, so, and, and I also even do it with each child. I take time and spend time with each child because, you know, you can be mom to three children. The mom to three children is different to the mom to child one to three. So, you know, I, try to compartmentalize my my myself you know I compartmentalize myself into this is when I'm this role and then I dust it off and I'm like this is when I'm this role and this is when I'm this role there will be gray areas of of course but I see that we both shine and we all shine when we can be focused on one thing at one time I love it. It sounds like what you're doing is practicing being present in the moment. Yeah. And whatever that moment is that you have to step into the role of being present in the moment of being a physician, being present in the moment of being a mom, being a wife, being a uh, entrepreneur, really taking in all of those things, you know, that it encompasses at that time. And then when that time, you know, something else comes up, being present with whatever else comes up in the future. But yeah, yeah, yeah I, I agree. The balance thing, and I'm I'm learning, okay? I just have a three-month-old as of today. She's three months. <laughs> I'm learning this thing. <laughs> Thank you. But yes, it, it's just kind of like, you know, you just got to roll with it. Whatever it is, roll with it and be present and uh, appreciate all of those, uh, those people who are supportive of you. And it sounds like you have a good village around you, a good tribe, a good, uh, good people to be able to support you in, in doing the work that you do, um, which is a blessing. It now, is it's a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. Well now tell me, so if you could go back and give, or if you could give advice, let's say it like this, if you could give advice to other doctors who are interested in stepping into being an entrepreneur, stepping into being a business owner, who is a physician? And like you said, a lot of times we are type A, perfectionist, you know, going on. What, what advice would you give? I would say to them, the first step is congratulations on trying to pursue something that is passionate. And I say that because, you know, medicine is a bit like apprenticeship work where you do the same thing over. There's only one way to listen to the heart. There's only one way to listen to the chest. There might be a couple of ways to replace a knee or whatever, but, you know, it's there's a process. There's a process to start a surgical procedure. Do you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. Things have processes. When you do things in protocols, for example, that you it's it's like apprenticeship work where you become like a zombie because you can only do things a certain way, right? And and there's compassion and there's love and care and all that, which is the greater good. But you know, when you talk about fulfilling your personal goals and something that gives you satisfaction. You know, it's separate from being a physician, but because medicine is so engaging and is so encompassing, 
we're so we're so into medicine that we forget other things you can you can ballroom dance you can meet you can you know but we forget all those things because we're so focused on medical school residency we're now physicians we have families so between patient care family care and just trying to get whatever time is left for self-care there's just no time in the day right and the years mm. go by very quickly and you're 70 and you retire and you're like oh so what do I do now so yeah. again I think that I think that congratulations is the first thing I will tell a physician who has decided to do that secondly I would say that, of course, research, you know, you have to do research. There's no, don't, what I see, what I see a good number of people doing is because A does this and I'm going to do this. Mm, what it, Make it your story. Make it your, like, make it your story. Look, think about, you, you, don't, you don't just do, when you do research about a business, you need to research yourself and soul search. What is it? What is it that you've either encountered or that you've come across or that you've dealt with that you feel like you had either a bad experience or you can do better? So you have to make mm -hmm. it your story. Otherwise, you just sound like the next person. And I think there's, there's just something uncouth about that. Like you want to be authentic in your story. So I would say research yourself, research your environment research this business or whatever it is you want to do and then go for it so I, I would say those two things and then thirdly you know a mentor will be good a mentor if you can find a mentor in that line then that will be good yes yes all good things there well thank you so much Dr. Anna this was amazing and it was worth the wait I will say that yes we really appreciate you being on our podcast. And where can people find you if they're looking for Tribal Eyes and just looking um, to connect with you? We are at www.tribaleyes, that's T-R-I-B-A-L-E-Y-E-S, another S, H-O-P, tribaleyesshop2ss.com. We are on Google, on Instagram. On Instagram, we are tribal.eyes. And you can't miss us when you see, when you put in those, those words, our Instagram or our webpage will pop up, but also on Facebook. And that's really where we are. Okay, very good. And anthropology too, right? We want to support course. you there. Yes, basically. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yes, well, yes. We are on, so that, that's really our website, but we have stalkists. So we have stalkists. Number one is anthropology. This is physically in their store in Dubai at the Dubai Mall in the United Arab Emirates. We are there physically. Mm -hmm. We are also online at the Hudson Bay. That's H-U-D-S-O-N-B-A-Y. Now, the Hudson Bay is the parent company for Saks and Saks of Fifth but they have a, 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 a departmental store in Canada. So we are there at the Hudson Bay online. We are also at um, Wolf and Badger and Very Shop. Wolf and Badger is W-O-L-F and A-N-D Badger, B-A-D-G-E-R. Um, and at veryshop.com. That's V-E-R-I-S-H-O-P. So those are stockists. Between our website and our stockists, we hope that we meet your eye-win needs. Yes, and we have to support her in all of these efforts and all of these different places because we have to make sure that tribal eyes stay there, right? That's that's the key. 
for us to be able to support. So thank you so much again. And we are so proud of all that you're doing. And thank you for being on our podcast today. Thank you for having me. I hope you have a good uh, rest of the week and the weekend. Hi there, Women Docs. We hope you've been loving this podcast and feel uplifted at the end of each and every episode. If so, we would really appreciate it if you could give us a five-star rating and write us a positive review. Those reviews help us get the word out and help uplift and empower more women doctors. But you know what? We'd love to meet up with you in person. So head on over to womeninwhitecoats.com and sign up to become a member of our supportive tribe. When you do, you will be the first to hear about meetups in your area, as well as upcoming live events. You'll also get our latest blog articles and podcasts delivered straight to your inbox. And you'll be the first to find out about the next time we open up our virtual Doctors Lounge, an online membership community created just for women doctors, where each month we run masterclasses with guest experts and masterminds on topics relevant to women doctors. While you're on our website, womeninwhitecoats.com, order your copy of our number one best-selling book, The Chronicles of Women in White Coats. Oh, and be sure to follow us on social media too. On Instagram, you'll find us at Women in White Coats blog. And on Facebook, you can find us at Women in White Coats. Can't wait to meet up soon.